All right, Zig coming in on the top. Today on the show, we have Brandon Hardesty of the Bumping Uglies. Singer-songwriter Brandon fronts the Maryland-based reggae, punk, ska, hip-hop group. Brandon's an amazing writer. He's a very earnest writer, and I think that's what really resonates with his music. And he's also got a really good voice to deliver that music. Anywho, so we I, I talked with Brandon during this episode, and um, this was a traditional Zig at the Gig format where I was in between gigs. I was about to do a nursing home gig, so I recorded this in my van, and uh, we get deep. This was a really fun chat. Um, if you're new to this podcast, I play in a band called C-Level, letter C-Level. We are a high-energy funk-punk reggae rock group based out of Cleveland, Ohio. We take 12-string acoustic guitars and run them through Marshall amplifiers. And uh, we are opening for the Bumping Uglies July 14th at the Westside Bowl in Youngstown, Ohio, with our good friends from Joint Operation. Um, tickets and ticket links are all linked below. So July 14th, if you are in the Ohio area, Youngstown, Ohio, West Side Bowl, Bumping Uglies, Sea Level, and Joint Operation is the place to be. It's going to be a really fun show. We are honored, excited, and stoked to be performing on that stage with those groups that night, and we would be honored if you guys would join us there. Before we get to the conversation, we're going to plug the Bumping Uglies new release, which is Mid-Atlantic Dub. It's available now on all streaming platforms. It's got a lot of cool features. I recommend you guys check that out. So Mid-Atlantic Dub, you can get it wherever you get your music. And one last thing before we get to the conversation, if you can like, rate, review the podcast on any of the podcast platforms, it helps me keep talking to cool guests like Brandon and sharing insight with you guys. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Brandon. To get into it, um, my first question, or I guess the first kind of topic is, can you tell me about the whiskey and Tuesday nights? Yeah, man. So that was like... When I was starting the band, um, that was like the cool kind of like rock club in Annapolis, you know, it, was, it, it seemed like it was Red Rocks at the time, but it, it, like, you know, it was like a little 150 cap. I, I think it might've even been like 120 cap um, little club that, you know, it was an upstairs club um, and it was across the street from where we practiced and um, they had a Tuesday night full band open mic. Uh, and they also did two for one drinks and it was just like live as fuck, you know, like it was just like the, the spot, you know, and um, when I was, you know, this is the first band I've ever been in. And so we would practice on Tuesdays and then we would go over to the open mic and just get wasted and um, and play, you know, play a set, you know, just kind of trying to get the name out there and whatnot. And um, none of those guys that were that i was playing with at that time are, are still in the band but that's like where i met wolfie um because he was a just you know he's playing in a southern rock band that was based out of annapolis and he they, you know they would hang out there on tuesdays and um what was the band know, what was the band he was in they're called the cheaters okay okay that's you know those mic nights are so important like it the, to leave the practice room and to do it in front of people it, like it puts a whole nother like you know what I mean? That's really when you mess up the songs and that's really when you... Oh, dude. Yeah. Well, it's it's a whole different skill set, like like learning how to play music and then like learning how to play it in front of an audience and like learning how to use a microphone and learning how to deal with stage, right? Like I, it was very, like I, I know people who it's like very natural for them to like get on stage, like they're natural like performers and stuff. It was not natural for me. Like I was very, yeah. very scared of like performing in front of people and very insecure. 
it took me a long time to get over that but like those open mics were like a crucial a crucial part of that for me and like well it's cool because if you find the right one too everyone's kind of it's not competitive it's kind of like oh man that song sounds better this week you know what i mean or you start to get that community that's super supportive was it kind of like that or was it more like it was it was very much like that honestly yeah and it was like i like to you know I look back on it fondly and some of my best memories of playing music were like during that period because it was all just like low stress and like family oriented. And it was, um, you know, it was, it was kind of like the, the flirting stage or like the early stage of a relationship where you're, it's just all like exciting and new and like, um, you know, it, it was just, it, it was, I, I was like kind of just getting into this whole world and like, it was very, whole thing was just exciting and I, and, I, and I loved it. I'd never really been a part of anything like that. That's a really good way to put it, the flirting, because that, that kind of is that 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 space. You know, nothing's too serious. You know, you're not too committed. If it if it bombs, it bombs. You know what I mean? And you, you don't get re- repercussions if no one shows up. It's Tuesday, you know. That's yeah, a, it was just, yeah, it was just exciting, and it was, like, a good way to, like, to do this whole thing, you know what I mean? Like, and... I don't know. It eventually, like, it kind of clicked with me that this is something I could, I could potentially do. But you know, as soon as you get into that headspace, it's like, okay, well, how do I make money off this? And that's when it starts getting like, that's when you you get into like the um, the more stressful part of the relationship where you have to start talking about philosophies and like you know, life plans and shit. Right, right. But the payoff from when that works is great, and <laughs> you know what I mean. But it's. It is for sure, but it's just like anything else in in life where it's just like there's a lot of hard work into going into making it work, you know, and it's just a lot of stress can can be carried with that, you know. Definitely. And and that that is because it has to be everything, you know what I mean? Like if it's not this, it's going to implode and then now what? Uh, You know what I mean? Like, but it's that stress that either tunes the snare drum or breaks it or string. Yeah. Well, no, it's and and you see that with like any like great competitor or just like anything like you know it's it's the the people that take it too seriously are the ones that make it happen and I you know most of the guys that I know that are making a living out of this are just like tenacious and like um, very much driven very much just like you know nothing n- nothing like happened by accident it was all people who like kind of like took their their life in it you know right. Well, and like it's kind of like at that point, it's like you you're just blessed to kind of be like I have a group of guys that's behind this song I wrote. You know what I mean? Like I can't believe these five people think I, what I wrote's worth going out and saying we're part of this. You know? Mm-hmm. And like that's that's a whole nother level when you start putting figures on top of that. You know what I mean? And like yeah. that takes another like really like it's weird. It's a lot of like mental kind of like. Um, accepting what you you know what I mean like which is weird because most artists and kind of introverts and writers don't kind of look at it that way that I have this product it's worth this much if we pull through here we got to do this or we can't you know no becomes a really hard thing to, a real real thing to have to be able to say yeah for sure I always like honestly I was way more comfortable with the business side of it than than I was with the music side of it for a long time just because I kind of just grew up in that environment that was very business oriented and it's just something I've, I've, I don't know. It's like, it almost is like natural is breathing to me, but the, the music thing, I didn't start doing it till, till late in life. And it's like, 
you know, I very much like learned how to be in a band and play in a band in real time. Yeah. Like play, just playing gigs, you know, just through repetition, but, but essentially by making a lot of mistakes in front of audiences. <laughs> <laughs> so like, cause you, your family owns a restaurant or a bar, right? That's like the, yeah. Sorry. One more time. What'd you say? Yeah. Yeah. That's, okay. that's right. And like, uh, so you, so that's like, that's, is it a bar or a restaurant or both? It's a restaurant with a bar in it. Oh, so it's both. So like, those are two like intense like business models that have to like compete. So that makes sense that that would be natural. Um, and from what I've read and like what I've heard, like I, your dad's not much into music. Is anyone in the family? Um, my mom was like she was kind of appreciated music, and then she definitely encouraged me into it at an early age. And like, so if you're starting later, is that like? And I, I think I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, your manager was like, let's start a band? Yeah. the um, uh, From the bar. The, ma- the manager at the bar that I was yeah. working at. Yeah. He was like, I was, because I was 21. And when, when I turned 21, I started just like playing open mics acoustic around town. And he had, he was a bass player and he owned like a PA. And he was like, dude, let's put a band together. You know, I can get us a drummer and we could just do like cover gigs and make a little scratch. And I was like, you know, I, I was starting to get curious about that anyways. I'd done, like, a couple tryouts with, like, various bands, you know, like, cover bands. Like, I just wanted to see what it was like being in a band. So I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it, you know. And, like, so, okay, so at what point, so did you start, like, at in your early teens playing guitar then? I started when I was 17. Okay. Okay. So later teens. It's weird. It's, like, at whenever you start <laughs> anything, you look at, like, Oh, the Scott down the street's been doing it since he's ten. He can like shred, you know. I gotta learn so much shit, like. Yeah. Um, but did you naturally jump into like kind of singing song, uh, like playing and singing, or was that kind of yeah, like, like that? Yeah, that was okay. when I picked up a guitar. That was like what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a songwriter because like I was always into like literature and like reading when I was younger. And I thought, you know, like when when I was still considering like college, like I thought I was going to be a journalist. Um. I just always have enjoyed writing. And like, who, who are some of those kind of like early songwriters that inspired well, you? Well, the, the guy that like really made me want to write songs um, was Ben Folds. If nice. You're familiar with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben Folds is amazing. Yeah, he just, um, I've always had like a fucked up sense of humor, like just very sarcastic and dry and just blue, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know like but at the same time you know i like to think i'm i'm a pretty smart guy you know so like i i I don't know like i never really connected with like you know i think a lot of songwriters are like really pretentious and take themselves like really seriously um and ben folds was the first guy i ever heard where it was like whoa this guy is like brilliant but he's funny as shit too and it's like in in a really like fucked up way like yeah everything he did was just like i feel like if he came like if he would be just as successful now if he came around as, as he was back then, just because of like meme culture, you know? Yeah. Like he's just, he, he was just very, very smart and irreverent, which uh, it just really connected to me. And it's like, I, you know, like it's like, <laughs> it's, it's easy to be funny. Like if you want to be like, you know, go like the Adam Sandler approach and you you want to do like fucking fart jokes and stuff, but to be like funny in like a really smart way is like, I don't know. It was just charming to me. And it, it um, I, I just I just remember being like really taken with him um, around the time I turned like fourteen or fifteen, and that was kind of like my first introduction into the thought of like 
man, I could, I could maybe write songs. Like it could be, that could be like a cool thing to do. Gotcha. And, and like one, aside from like, he, he makes me want to like learn songwriting bits on the piano. You know what I mean? He makes it seem so like kind of easy and like you get used to it, whatever your instrument is, you learn those little tricks of the trade, to like kind of like uh, do the songwriting bits. But, um, one thing I find fascinating about any like kind of a, a songwriter that has like some twist of humor is it makes it comfortable to be that vulnerable in a way. Like if you can kind of like be putting something out there, but it lands to a point that's kind of like, oh, it's a bit. I get it. It allows that muscle to open up and be able to open up. Whereas like if you're just like how you're saying, like kind of pretentious and serious you get that in your mind too, that am I kind of being that way? Is it all about me? You know, so there's that kind of openness that comes from that comedic relief, I guess. Yeah, yeah for man. sure. But man, that's fascinating. So, okay, so Ben Folds is in your ear and you start like, and you're starting to like, were you learning some of his tunes to do these, like uh, to join these cover bands or like, what were some of the- like, No, because I mean, I, I never played piano. I just like, I really admired him. And that was the first time I ever kind of like, thought about songwriting like in that capacity is like something i'd be interested in doing um i mainly like when i like so that was like you know i got into ben folds when i was like 14 or something and he, he had just come out with this record called ben folds live that was like a, a solo piano record that he did um but you know and then i got my guitar at 17 and then like around 21 when i was doing the, the cover band thing I, you know it was just standard bar band shit like you know i did like a lot of sublime a lot of Jack Johnson, some Beatles, um, Third Eye Blind, like nineties nineties rock stuff. You gotcha. Know? Yeah, and like, did uh, and like with your your like cadence, your like vocal cadence, it really you get like that that kind of Brad vibe really like naturally. Did you like find that like through covering this like? Are those yeah, songs? I definitely okay. like. I'm a huge believer in the um, in the philosophy that like you shape your own voice like yeah. there's only you know you're stuck with the, the tonality and or rather you're stuck with the range that you have but like i really do think like the tonality can be sculpted to what what you want to do so like for me like a big part part of like what i wanted to sound like as a singer was you know bradley knoll was was a huge thing brandon boyd from incubus was another huge thing um and then i'd say like sam cook and um sam cook and jason mraz were both really big on my my radar i can definitely hear all that in what you do like it's a be like i definitely agree with you because most i feel like most people that attempt singing or stop singing is because like you have you feel in your head you have to sound a certain way and then you don't appreciate your starting points you know like mm -hmm. like you said you have your range you have your natural sound of how you talk and like where your cadences kind of fall and if you can find like an artist that that really like resonates with whatever your natural like flow is in a way it's easier to start doing it because you're like oh i kind of sound like bob dylan or i kind of sound you know and you you kind of embrace that but what i love about what you do is it's it's influenced like that but it doesn't sound like just trying to be that and i think how you just described it right now is like all these different things factoring into it um kind of getting like for me when i had to like when i was learning to like sing i was like because I knew guitar, like guitar was my comfort and like having this thing, I would record myself over and over and over again. And like Brad was a huge influence. Like I wanted to, I wanted to be able to express like that, but not like, but myself, you know? 
and like mm-hmm. I found myself recording a lot and like playing out melodies on guitars and trying to match my voice to that. Did you have to do any of that or was it a little more natural? No, I, I definitely like I. So for me, it was I never had like the studio stuff, and it was before smartphones. So I had my first digital camera. Nice. And I would set it up and I would record little videos and I would listen back and I would be like, I don't sound like that. That's fucking awful. (laughs) But it's like, but it's, yeah, it's absolutely like what you sound like, you know? So I always tell people that all the time when they're asking me like how I learned to sing, I'm like, just record yourself and listen. And that's what you sound like. And if you don't like it, fucking tweak it. It's like cooking. You know what I mean? You got to just tweak the recipe, but it's like by using muscles, you know? So I, I took, um, I took like about six months of voice lessons when I first started doing this to just kind of like learn how to sing correctly, which I think is like one of the best things I, one of the best decisions I ever did because it, it, you know, like I, my voice is just the result of like literally doing this for 20 years now, like, like every day, like I just do it every day and it gets like, because I took lessons and I learned how to sing correctly, like the foundation of that house is very solid. And I've just been building on that for a while. Whereas like if you sing with incorrect technique, you're just hurting yourself. You're, you're fucking yourself up, you know? Whereas right. like now it's like, I mean, I just, I, my, my voice feels stronger like every day, really. That's like, cause it, it, is it more breath support? Is it like the kind of breathing, like those foundation techniques? Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, to me, I, I just went on and you think about it, but the, yeah, the, the, the two biggest things are just like breathing, breathing correctly and like singing from your diaphragm as opposed to like singing from your neck like you know if, if you yeah. look at like you can tell when someone's like singing incorrectly because like you just like you can see in their neck like all the fucking veins are popping out and shit and it's just like looks so strained and it's like that's literally what that what that is is like you're, you're just singing from your your fucking neck and you're gonna eventually destroy your voice if you do that yeah 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 and like I I didn't have a I had a little eight track little four track recorder. It's like, and it, I use that till they stop making the tapes. As far as like self recording, but like, I it's weird. It, it that's such an important thing. And like, did anyone kind of tip you to do that at the beginning, or is that just something you felt you should do? No, that was something I learned through voice lessons. Okay, well that's what I mean. Just to get voice lessons, did anyone like kind of tip you to like? Maybe you should check that, or was that just like a kind of like a sense you had yourself? It was a sense I had myself because, like, I wanted to, you know, I just wanted yeah. to learn to sing better, and I, I just, you know, that's a. But you know, I I feel like a lot of people that's that's nerve wracking. A lot of people won't go out and be like I, to find someone, you know, and try to be because I think a lot of it is just being weird. Like when you're singing from the diaphragm, you're just making weird sounds, and you're loud. You know, and it's being comfortable with being crazy <laughs> like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think a lot of it, too, is just, like, having open dialogues with people. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, my wife at the time, like, she wasn't – or my wife now, she wasn't my wife at the time. She was just someone I worked with. But she was, like – she had just graduated with a degree in opera, you know. So like I would, you know, we worked at the restaurant together and I would talk, you know, like right around the time I was starting this band, you know, and she would talk about stuff like that. And it's just something I, I would always hear about was like from people who were like, <laughs> like trained vocalists as opposed to like just drunk singing in the bar, you know, and you could just tell the difference. And it, it's, it's, I don't know, I'm like, a, I'm a very methodical person. Like I, I try to like break everything down into like steps and, and t- kind of like make it more achievable. Yeah. 
So it's like it was just like something that clicked in my head when I realized that this was something I wanted to do. It was the same thing with smoking cigarettes. Like I used to smoke a pack of cigarettes a day, and then like I realized that I was going to be singing for a living. So I was like, well, I gotta fucking quit this. <laughs> or else it's not gonna work. Damn. That like, I I totally agree with like that. If you can make it into one step, you can figure it out. I find myself doing a lot of that type of like thinking and like step taking as well. Um, is did she sing on some tracks? Um, yeah, she sang harmonies on "This Is Ours," and then she sang. Um, we did a duet of the Bob Dylan song. Yeah, uh, on that acoustic record. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow, oh, that's amazing. So, and she was was she working at that same restaurant? Yeah, she was. So she like she graduated with a degree in opera, and then you know like if she was to pursue that she would be doing a lot like something very similar to what i do which is like you know like touring and like living out of hotels and she just realized she didn't want that life you know so she went back and got her degree in elementary school um music okay cool cool that's i i feel that is that what she does now she teaches elementary music she so she ended up opening her own vocal studio about six or seven years ago that was kind of like a, a side hustle and then um, eventually it grew to the point where it was just thriving so much that she had to quit her other job to the, the teaching job to to focus on that full time. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so the kind of, like after you guys as a group are like uh, hitting these mic nights, doing some covers and stuff. I mean, I don't know if it's the same group, but, but it becomes the first uh, first bumping uglies like are you are you when do you just start diving into like the writing cycle because going through the discography and like listening to like these acoustic takes and then how they evolve it's it seems like you really are passionate about just like taking writing like it's it's if i feel like you're someone who constantly is working on writing and and that might be a projection through the work but uh is that was there a point at which, like, now that you start to take it serious, then you just start writing this? Or was that kind of creeping along the whole time? I mean, it kind of just crept along the whole time. I, I You know, like, the, as soon as I started playing in a band, I, I really, I started writing, and I, I started learning, like, how to write, you know, and, like, um, just kind of, like, learning the language of, like, chords and, you know, like, learning, like, what, you know, I don't know a lot of theory, but I, I, I have, like, pretty good chordal theory um you know like i know how to like achieve the sounds with like you know like the sound that i want without like kind of like like back in the day i would just have to sit around and like i would hear something in my head and i would play a million fucking chords to figure out what i want it to be whereas now i can be like oh what like you know i want a one chord and then a major third chord and then a four chord and then a minor four chord and it's like that that's going to sound like this you know so like but like you know like figuring out that language took a while um but I mean, you know, I, I immediately like I, I like I wanted to write, so like I started fucking around with it, and it was like a very slow and arduous process as I kind of figured out how to do it. Um, but it's always been a constant for me. Like I've always like writing was always way more my thing than um, the studio aspect of it. Like I didn't really like like our early first few records. Like we would just go into the studio and just try to like get a really good live take you know like make it sound as good as the live thing and i just didn't understand the the importance of production um and that was it wasn't until we started working with howie spangler who we've been working with for since the beast from the east record um and then that's when i really learned like 
all the tricks that go into like making a, a, a band sound full on a record and like how important that is. Um, and that's kind of like that kind of like lit a whole different fire under under my ass where I started like thinking about that and like kind of like putting energy into that. But like first and foremost, the, the writing has always been a huge thing for me. Because like. I, I like that. I guess that becomes another color of the writing. It's like learning the the names for the chord progression or learning that language. It slowly it becomes your whole canvas as opposed to you know just like getting it tight with the band and performing it live and like having just that be a solid song because that itself is such a breathtaking feat when someone does that right. You know that's what you see live. That's that's the thing. Um, there's a couple of these early tunes I wanted to ask you about. Um, I think it was on the first record, Free Candy. There's a song called They Remain. Mm-hmm. And it's an acoustic tune. And there's a line um, where you f- refer to Joe. And it, it goes on to say the future is unwritten. Is that, or something along that line, is that a reference to Joe Strummer? No, it's Joe Harkum. Because oh, okay. uh, one of his more popular songs is his song, Sick and Tired. Uh, or we reach for the stars and we, um, we scrape to get by and we reach for stars. Um, so, you know, s- sleep at our houses, but live at the bars. I'm trying to remember that. Um, so I, I can't remember the, the, the lyric now, but it's something, something <laughs> I, I want to say, I, 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 I want to say something about reaching for the stars is, is what I said there, which is why I, I referenced Joe. Oh, okay. Okay. Like, but it's I, definitely like, I, I definitely say something that like alludes to sick and tired. So, um, yeah, that's like why I mentioned them. That's awesome, though. That's a cool like. Cause do you, you guys just played at the Beachland, right? Um, or was it not Joe Harkum? It was a. I know it was Josh. Josh Lewis. Um, yeah, no, no. It's Josh, Joey, and myself were just there on Friday. Yeah, that's sick. Um, but okay, so like, so even that within itself is like that's some heavy lifting, like songwriting wise, from the rip. And like, what I find really interesting is like. You got this kind of like sublime cadence, but it's almost like, like Dylan. Or it's like there's a certain story structure that you re- like. I, I hear in your writing way more than like a lot of other artists, and that's not to put other people down. Like everyone, you know, shines in their own way in their own thing. But like, so like when you started lifting those bars as far as like writing lyrically, does that look like hearing like a, th- a melody in your head? and kind of committing to a story and, and seeing where that goes? Or is that like a story kind of evolving out of your mind and trying to find a melody to it? So once again, like, I, dude, I didn't even care about melody. Yeah? <laughs> until, okay. Like, until, until, like, I started working with Howie. I would just naturally, like, I guess I'm just, like, a naturally mo- melodic person. But, like, I would argue that most of our, like, earlier melodies aren't quite as catchy as like since we started working with Howie and I realized like the importance of like strong hooks and like strong vocal hooks, you know, like, so like the point I was trying to make is I would always, it was always about the lyrics. Like I didn't give a fuck about the melody. I just, it was like all about the the lyric and the rhyme scheme and making that as clever as possible. And then I would write the melody around it. Whereas now, um, like sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll figure out a cadence. If, if like, if I have an idea for a song, like if, and it's more of like a hip hop leaning thing, I'll figure out the cadence first and then I'll, I'll write lyrics for that, you know, which is something I, I never would have done 10 years ago, but, um, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's just a matter of the, of the right tool for the job, you know? 
Right, right, right. But that's that only comes from like how you said earlier, doing it, fucking it up, and doing it again, or failing. You know what I mean? Finding what doesn't work and what does. Yeah. Um, so like, because uh, like, um, because that whole record, what I found interesting, it's, it goes from like full band stuff to acoustic stuff. Was that like a choice, kind of, or was that like we need something to fill it? I've been tracking all this acoustic stuff, and we put it in there. I just no, I just I've always written like like a lot of different stuff like like stylistically okay. and um I've always been a fan of ballads and I just had those songs and I felt really strong about them and it was easy to record them and I just thought it would be like a cool moment in the record you know have like have like these two tender songs like one in the middle okay no one at the very end yeah yeah no but I agree that makes that that flow because like then the next record was all acoustic and I was like well, I wonder if that was like the process like I have all these songs and there's like a, a membership band changeover or something or just these are really hitting let's make a whole record like this was that kind of it was it was really just a matter of just staying like relevant and having something and we, we like weren't ready to go back into the studio yet and i um i had all those songs and i you know i, I recorded those live like I, I recorded that record in two hours like in a studio you know and then just damn put it out <laughs> like, <laughs> damn man <laughs> we're actually so i i actually got another record like that coming out um later this summer yeah that i feel I'm, I'm really i feel really strongly about um because it's like you know that earlier record like go folk yourself i can't even listen to that because like i was just so rough on like guitar and and the vocals but like the songs are cool so it's like people people dig it but like and it you know I, it, like i said I, there was like no money so i had to do it in two hours whereas like i did a similar thing this time but i did it over the course of three sessions and you know like i went in and i played like 15 or 20 songs and then I went back and I listened to them and I was like oh okay cool like these seven songs sound great I'm not as happy with these other ones so I went in for another session and I, you know like I redid the ones and eventually I got it down to like 16 songs that I feel really really strongly about but it still has that like that raw um like live feel to it uh, which I just think it's 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 really hard to capture that when you're multi-tracking or playing to a click you know I I definitely agree with that it's it's harder to capture because it's a rarer thing, right? But also when you try to, like, add some of the lab, some of the science, like, into, like, production, which would be later, it takes away from that. Like, the guitar's too clean, you know, the the vocals, you don't attack the same way as you would, like, if you were just playing it and off the click or whatever. Um, yeah, that's... I I totally relate to that. Like, I can't listen to the, the, the old track you know what i mean it's hard to go back but like if coming from like early demos man i think those still kick ass <laughs> like yeah i mean I, I, i'm not gonna say i'm not proud of it and like i'm glad it exists because it's it's you know for a long time like that was our most popular stuff um but once again that just shows like that that was like awakened to me to how important production is because like that was our most popular record so like you know like the the studio records cost like thousands and thousands of dollars to make and like all this time whereas like this acoustic record i made in like two hours <laughs> yeah like no money and it was performing better than all these studio records until we started working with howie and actually like producing proper records so it's like that was that was a really eye-opening experience for me like like kind of like it helped me to wrap my head around how important it is to like do the studio the right way you know right 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 because like uh, i guess before kind of leaving that record the tune, uh, white boy reggae, that like, like that, that's such a, 
sincere like tune like and i think that really opened up your music for me is like this guy like you don't hold anything back like you're able to like convey and i don't know if it's a character or if it, you know if it's i'm sure everything's adaptations of your life but like there's a certain sincerity with your writing and like it definitely shows through on that record was like so writing was very comfortable to you was it because it was a way to be sincere like that or like or is it that just kind of like a way not to like i don't know build narrative and build a, an emotional crux in a way or i guess my question is like did you find it like really easy for yourself to open up and address yourself via writing music like that i did and i, I think a lot of it was because like i'd always when i was in high school i was into like live journaling okay which is um i don't know if you're familiar with that no like what is it it was just this thing that was like you know i'm so I'm 37 um and around like 2002 2003 2004 it was just like this trend it was like tumblr before tumblr was tumblr you know okay but like people would like journal you know and you would follow each other's journals and like um i don't know i i, I like appreciated the audience side of it and it was like i appreciated like the opportunity to be like witty and like make people laugh, but also like doing it based around like expose, you know, exposing yourself. Um, so it's, I don't know. It's just something I guess I got comfortable with early on. I also did like theater when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, I don't know, man. I just never, I never have been bothered about p putting that kind of stuff out there. You know, it's like, it's just, I'm more, you know, I would be more ashamed to say something like emotional, but have the the words not be clever than yeah. I would be to like actually say the emotion, if that makes sense. No, that totally makes sense. There's because there's the honesty within that. And like uh, there like that, I think that's super impactful that for you to be able to do that and put it out there like that. And I think that's why maybe why that record resonates so much not that your other songs don't include that same writing but like like i think that's why it resonates so deeply is because if you can be that open someone else can you know i think that's the beauty of any creative endeavor if you can go for it and put your all into it and be completely immersed in you you're basically lighting the path for someone else to find themselves in that same way and it sounds like it sounds like i mean grow uh, uh, with a partner who does opera and vocal lessons. And like, it sounds like it, it you know, a lot around that a lot, which is, that's like, that's really cool. Like, cause I, I don't know, like working with kids myself, I find it hard to kind of like convey certain things, which is probably, you know, to keep the appropriateness of class. You know what I mean? You don't open up too, too much, but in the outlets that you can, that, that really hits home. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm very, uh, I love what I do, and um, it, it's, it's, it's therapeutic to be able to, to kind of like get, to get that stuff out there like that, and um, yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, I guess that that doesn't really form into any questions, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just a beautiful thing, man. Um, so like, I guess like, kind of moving on from. From from that second jumping into that next record, a lot of those kind of acoustic tunes became like full band versions. Now, like when you bring a tune up like like that to the group, 
is it often that the group kind of shifts the kind of trajectory of the tune as it is acoustic or is it more often that like it kind of stays and just gets more like like layers to it um nowadays it's definitely like i i I know exactly what i want to do with the song when i put it together and it's just a matter of figuring out the layers like back then it was definitely like i would write the song and then we would kind of just get together and, and put it together more you know okay Cause like there's tunes like free taste, you know, like which acoustic sounds one way, but with the band, it's like this kind of like almost like new Orleans, like, like mm-hmm. style. Like, is that what you heard in your head? No. Okay. <laughs> like... It just came together. Cause like the, cause um, the guys we were working at, I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I found like some really slamming horn players like really early on. And um, there's a really slamming, keys player that lived around annapolis and it was kind of like we just put the bones together and then i would I, you know i'd hire these guys and we it's never we never worked like we, we never rehearsed we just go over and track and be like yeah. oh yeah fuck yeah that sounds awesome <laughs> yeah, that's like that's just like their flavor like getting put on the song yeah yeah but it definitely like because what i love about what you guys do is it bounces everywhere like even with the uh, the last record um uh, st- uh still traveling uh what's it or suitcase always full yeah keep my suitcase keep your suitcase back like that goes completely like country you know what i mean and like which i i think that hits some of those songwriting roots maybe or like aspirations for you like in a completely different way but like you guys fit it really nicely yeah i you know i I was really excited about that record and it just didn't do that well um but it's like, it, it, you know, it was a good learning experience because I'm, I'm a big, like, I'm, I'm into, like, Americana and, like, singer-songwriters and country and stuff. And I was, like, I just had myself convinced. I was, like, man, you know, like, that's kind of shows through my, I think that shows through my songwriting already. So it's, like, I think if we do this thing, it'll go over really well. And it was, like, you know, like, this, our, our, like, core super fan, fan base, like, was supportive because, you know, they're pretty supportive of everything. But the general kind of, like, greater american reggae rock world that we're a part of just did not get it <laughs> like which is fine you know what i mean it's like it's it, it is what it is but it's a little disappointing you know well it i guess it's it's gotta it is weird to like kind of like especially as a band when you reach a certain point you you hit like a, where you know you can do just about anything and where you can't and like it's weird like at a show that it always kind of kills if you like are going everywhere but when it comes to like a different, like I guess recorded aspect, is that like it seems like it's the opposite. If it doesn't kind of fit the algorithm kind of like way to like get it out to the people that dig that type of stuff, that it kind of doesn't work the same. But I guess well, it's I mean it's I, you know I think Mitch Hedberg did a bit on this, but it's like you know when people go to McDonald's, they're expecting cheeseburgers. They don't want spaghetti. You know <laughs> yeah, that's true. So it's like <laughs> if you know my philosophy on it is if i'm able to make a living you know i'm very fortunate to be able to like do this and like make a living on it and um you know if if like people pay like the way i'm able to do that is people buy shit off of us you know they buy tickets they, they fucking buy the records they buy merch um and they do that because they like a certain thing so it's like to me it's it's just a matter of like figuring out how to do that thing while still maintaining my my artistic integrity you know and um 
like that was something I tried for me. And it, sorry, my dog's freaking out. You good? That was something I tried for me, and it didn't really work. Um, and it's cool. Like I'm, I'm still very proud of the work. But the, uh, it what well, it got me thinking a lot, which was really cool because like that led to the last record we did, which was Mid Atlantic Dub which was like a way more concentrated kind of thing of what we've always done, which is like the catchy reggae rock stuff, but also like the hip hop leaning stuff. Um, and that had a total opposite reaction where it just fucking crushed and like really connected with everyone, which was cool because like, it was still like, you know, that was like a very concentrated version of something we've done, but it was still something we've done, you know? So it's like, it's not like pandering. It was just a matter of being more concentrated. If that makes right. sense. No, that totally makes sense. Like, um, like with 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 sea level, we find like we have a bunch of funk tunes. We got a bunch of reggae tunes. We got a bunch of like crazy rock stuff. And like in certain gigs, certain stuff hits better, you know. And like to do that on a recorded like in a, in a recorded fashion, that makes sense. That like. You would, you would condense, like, one thing to the next. And we've often kind of talked about, maybe we just do a, a reggae thing with this, and it never really comes... We haven't committed to the bit yet, but part of that is just, you know, stuff comes and goes when it does. But to be able to focus like that and com- show that one side of yourself and see that, oh, this this side works, too, you know? It's like, it's got to be, like, a good feeling. <laughs> like, I can bet on me. <laughs> like Yeah, uh, I mean... It's, it took me a long time to get there, but I definitely, I feel good about it, you know, and it, it, um, my philosophy is that I'll always just kind of like follow the song, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't want to like force the song. So it's like, I still write twangy shit and I still write like super rock and shit and I'm going to record all of it, you know, like I, like, because we're in a position that we can record for relatively cheap, um, and uh but it's just a matter of like what do you release and like what do you package and what are you like selling to people and it's like you know eventually want to release it all but it's just a matter of like you know when it's a big record that we're trying to really promote and get behind you know you got to do the thing that's going to work that's true that's it's uh, it's bigger scale thinking like that do you like um as far i got a couple questions like on on the new record and like as far as like writing do you have like a a, a set time like that you dedicate to just being open for an hour because being a parent of two and like touring as much as you guys do like do you is that how that works or do you just kind of ebbs and flow when it when it comes well yeah no I'm, I'm actually pretty militant about it um but like the way it works for me is more of um i i just it's like I, i'm like two different people man like i'm like i'm like a pirate that is on tour for about <laughs> two-thirds of the year yeah and then I'm like a fucking derpy dad, like for a third of the year where I'm just home. And that that's like mostly the winter, you know, like like this last winter, I was home from like November to, to March. And I just can't write anymore when I'm on the road. I used to write like everything when I was on the road. But like we've gotten to a point now where it's like the whole production is just like a lot like between like we do these like VIPs. Um you know, we got to get to a venue early and, and do sound check. Like I, I switch the set up every night. So I'm like critically thinking about the set list to like, make sure there's, it's like fresh for the people who are following us around, but still like yeah. dynamic, you know, then like, you know, we'll have like a band meeting and 
like the the long and the short of it is like pretty much like when I'm on tour from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep, I'm like thinking about something. So it's like I can't get into that headspace to be creative. Um, but I like because of how I write, I get like all my best ideas when I'm like on the road, like seeing shit. So like I'll always like you know I, I have like a notepad that I keep in my phone where I just if I have like a hook idea or whatever. And, um, you know, like if I'm just like fucking around on guitar and I come up with something I like, I'll make a voice memo. Um, but then when I'm, when I'm done touring for the year, like this whole last winter, like I took off, like I was just home. I didn't really do any gigs. I wrote like 30 songs over the course of the winter. Just like, I'll just wake up, make a pot of coffee and I'll pull up an idea and I'm like, all right, this is what we're working on. And, you know, just yeah. do it. That's no, that's cool. Like. I feel good because that's that's a lot of like I don't have the cool touring or anything like that aspect of it, but a lot of these notes and these bits and then setting aside time to think about those and kind of like let those grow. Those song seeds maybe is the word. Um, so like in another like aspect of that with like um like I guess coming from like even Beast of, of the East to like until um Mid Atlantic Dub is like there's a lot of features. So when you like write. A tune do you have a feature in mind or is there just like do you write a feature in does that make sense or is that just a process yeah that, okay so typically like and that's just because like you know like it's like the collaborative nature of this genre where it's all like kind of rooted in hip-hop yeah um like i would say it's just as much rooted in hip-hop as it is like reggae um but there's like such a collaborative nature to it that like that's just something that happens now it's you know it makes the live show more fun um there's like business reasons that it's good um it's just a good thing so like anytime i'm like writing something that has that kind of like hip-hop cadence to it unless it's something like hugely personal where i have like a lot that i want to say i'll typically just like write a verse and the hook and then leave it open and then you know we produce it out and then i'll usually have a few ideas of who i want to get on it and then just start making phone calls okay because like i've always wondered like because we've recently started writing stuff and we've gotten some features and like it's kind of lucked out that like i wrote something that had like a blank space in a way or had like a weird hook a weird chorus or a weird bit that when we've lucked out and reached out to someone that said they would do it it works really well but if it if it didn't, it it wouldn't work the same. You know what I mean? Like you kind of mm-hmm. unbeknown. I at least I found I've unbeknowingly made that space, and it works perfect with this other voice. But like I, when I see artists that do it more often than not, I wonder if that's like, like they are like, oh, I hear uh, roads or something on this, and like, and if it's not, does it like go in the go in the 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 B side bin or whatever? You know what I mean? I mean, I, there's very few things I've written where it was like married to someone else's voice. You know, it's just a matter of like, this will be a cool song and like but to have someone else on and like who's going to fit this style, you know? I mean, you can kind of hear where like most people are going to go based on their own catalog, you know, like like who has like what kind of a cadence and, and or like melody choices, you know? So then it's just a matter of like thinking if that's going to fit for the song. Brandon, I really, man, I really appreciate your time, I, and I really appreciate you guys having us on this show. Like, we've been so pumped about it, and like, just the your willingness to do this. Like, I mean, it it just shows that you guys are such the real deal, and we're so honored to be able to share a stage with you. Um, I have one more question, and I just wanted to say thanks again so much for taking time to do this, man. Um, 
But my last question being, do you still have the leather Wilson's jacket? <laughs> I do. <laughs> the w- Wilson's leather, yeah. I- I'm actually – oh, man. I- that was like I-, I got my first job there to buy this jacket. And then I- these I-, I don't think I've worn it in 10 years. And, like, TJ, my, my drummer, is, like, super into leather jackets right now. And I was talking about giving it to him if, he- if he's into it. But we shall see. Awesome, man. Well, Brandon, thank you so much, man. Um, and I'm looking forward to uh, July. Oh uh, yeah, let's, I, I, uh, last time we were there, it sold out. So I think, I think it'll be a ripper. I think it will, man. Cleveland seems to always kill for you guys as well, man. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, that's like our home away from home for sure. Listen to Zig at the Gig podcast. Keep riding the bebop. See you, Space Cowboy. Bang. <laughs>